Hello, and welcome to the Engineering Network. My name is Thomas Dimitrovich. In today's session, I want to talk a little bit about the relationship between the electrical engineer and the National Electrical Code. So I would say there's probably a, uh, I'd call it a love-hate relationship in some cases. Um, because, you know, if you think about it from, a, from an engineering perspective, I know when I went to school, uh, we didn't get taught the National Electrical Code. Uh, I didn't experience the NEC until uh, after I was uh, released from my university days and into the uh, practical world of uh, power distribution systems. So engineers don't get don't have a course on on the National Electrical Code or or any of the other codes that we have to think about. I mean, I'm just focusing on the NEC. But you have NFPA 110, 111, NFPA 99. If you're doing healthcare, there's a lot of other. There's a whole world of codes and standards that you have to think about from a power distribution, from an engineering perspective. So, but we don't get taught that in school. Where do we learn it? We learn it as we work under a professional engineer and uh, as we work on projects. So, so uh, I think sometimes the when you get into understanding the NEC and understanding its impact on projects, the tendency might be that you... Um, you use the NEC as your first stop for a design, which um, which would not be a, a good thing. Not be would not would not be healthy because in some cases the NEC uh, even tells you that it's not a design guide. If you look at um, if you look at Article 90, uh, it says that uh, it says that in the purpose of the National Electrical Code is a practical safeguarding. The purpose of this code is the practical safeguarding of persons and property from hazards arising from the use of electricity. And it's in the very, the last sentence says, this code is not intended as a design specification or an instruction manual for untrained persons. So the National Electrical Code is an installation requirement. And as a design engineer, we have to keep an eye on the code. We have to keep an eye on all of the other codes and standards that, that you have to think about and all the other trades that might be involved. But really, our job is to meet the needs of our customer. So we understand how to engineer power distribution systems. We know how to make one that is very reliable. We know how to make one that, uh, uh, that doesn't have an eye on reliability, that has an eye on other, uh, other aspects, you know, um, access, uh, feasibility, uh, you, you may say, well, I can engineer a system that, well, when you turn this on, you got to make sure you turn that off, and there's some manual operation going on, but, uh, you know, I'm going, I'm going to give you the most cost-effective solution uh, that, um, that is out there. And that, that's one approach. But you really have to understand the needs of your customer. So I guess my message in this, in this session is really to help drive the behavior of, Focus on your customer wants and needs first. Understand what does the design need to be? What, 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 is, what, do, what does my customer want? And then look back at your, at your uh, system that you come up with and say, okay, now I want to make sure I didn't violate the National Electrical Code. And quite frankly, I mean, I, I've, been in, I've, I've been working in the code 
uh, for quite some time now. Uh, I, I did not experience the National Electrical Code in my career until I moved into the residential product line. Uh, in, in, in before, before I moved into residential products, I was, I was focused on uh, metering. I was product manager for communication hardware and software. So I worked with uh, energy management and, and reliability and things of that nature. We, have, uh, we still have, and we, we, we're growing that business ever since, we have a, power, a monitoring system that um, will knock your socks off. I mean, I could tell you exactly what, what breakers are open and closed in your facility. I can open and close those breakers remotely. I can collect energy data from meters and, and, and anything, any other types of devices that we have out there that will give you energy data. I can generate your energy bill. I can allocate your cost. I mean, I've worked with manufacturers to help them understand exactly how much it costs them to, uh, to make a product on their manufacturing floor, including the, the lighting costs, shared lighting costs, all this great stuff. But I never had to really focus on the National Electrical Code in those days of my career because I, what I was doing was, was well and above. There, there wasn't a code requirement. People were, my custom, our customers were doing that because they wanted to understand their energy usage. They wanted to help facilitate um, very quickly getting their facility back up and running. So they wanted communicating, they wanted to communicate with all of that hardware that was out there. It wasn't a code requirement. So, my days at Eaton. Now, before I started working with Eaton, I worked as a for Parsons Power, which is now Parsons Power. At the time, it was Gilbert Commonwealth out of Reading, Pennsylvania, and I did power systems analysis studies. And you say, well, as a as a power systems engineer, I calculated fault currents for power distribution systems. Did I have to do anything with regard to the National Electrical Code? No, I didn't have to do anything. I just calculated. Uh, I, I took a power system, and usually the most of the stuff that I worked on were already built. So I would do. Uh, we would either I would either be in the field doing the walk down, or I would work with a crew that was doing a walk down, tell them the data I need, and I would run uh, SKM. SKM was our uh, platform that I used, and um, and we would calculate fault currents, and I would do that evaluation. I would do my coordination study. I would evaluate the short circuit current ratings of equipment and the interrupting ratings of equipment, but that was, in my opinion, at the time, I, I, I couldn't relate what I was doing to uh, 110.10 uh, of the National Electrical Code. I, I couldn't spout those words off, but I can spout those words off now. I can tell you I was working on, on 110.9 interrupting ratings and 110.10 for, uh, for, you know, uh, for lack of uh, reading a, a the, the entire title of 110.10, it's, you know, basically short circuit current ratings. So I was, why was, I was evaluating equipment to ensure it was working within their, um, within the way, their design parameters. And, and, and so that, that's, a, that's an important aspect of, uh, of meeting the National Electrical Code. But as a power systems engineer doing systems analysis studies and running those evaluations, I, I couldn't tell you it was in, in accordance with 110.10 or 110.9 or, or any of the other sections of the National Electrical Code. I was following IEEE principles and practices. And then I got to uh, work at a nuclear power plant down in Florida, Crystal River Unit 3. And I enjoyed uh, my time there because now I was, I was actually working on replacing motor control center buckets with Benny Taylor. 
and uh, Keith Waters, uh, Walters. Uh, we, he and I were working on the uh, security system. Uh, we were, I was doing uh, drawings on uh, on multiplexer drawings where we were bringing in security systems. I was, I was worried about my shielding and my bonding. Uh, I was doing ampacity calculations. I was, you know, all those great things. And I was, I was at that point getting introduced to the National Electrical Code, and. Um, I can remember reading the names in the front of the book and thinking, "Boy, those guys must be sharp." And here I'm, I'm my name's in the front of that book, and I know, now I know I, they're not that sharp. But in any case, um, the NEC for the engineer, for the most part, is probably not something you think about on a daily basis. So when you're doing a power distribution system, and you're doing a design, and you're laying out the system, that's when you're really going to have to think about it. But the first thing you have to think about is what are my customer wants and needs? Get that down pat. Make sure your system meets those needs from a reliability perspective. And then start worrying about the National Electrical Code and whether or not you're violating those, 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 um, the requirements in the NEC. But the NEC tells you in, in 90.1, if I look in, in the code book, and I'm in the 2020 code book, 90.1 tells us this code is not intended as a design specification or an instruction manual for untrained persons. And then in, in 220, Article 220, and this, this, little, this little tidbit of information hit me, um, woke, I guess, I don't want to say woke me up or, or got me thinking about um, this discussion. In 220.12, I gotta open it up because I want to make sure I read exactly what it says. 220.12. There's an informational note under 220.12a. And the information note, note informational note says the unit values of table 220.12 are based on minimum load conditions and 100 percent power factor and may not provide sufficient capacity for the installation contemplated. Think about that may not provide sufficient capacity for the installation contemplated. So if I if I do my 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 load calculations, I use this as my reference, it may not meet. I and what they're basically saying is look, you know, you may trip that breaker and take the load offline, is that unsafe? Maybe not, because, you know, it's de-energized at this point. You're not going to have an overload, obviously. But um, but now, if, if it was, um, if it was, uh, if, if, if this was a life safety circuit and I needed it to be on, then heck yeah. But, but what we would typically do is size the load, size that, that, that system for that specific load. Um, so my, my guidance in this session and what I'm trying to say is, look, you know, understand your customer wants and needs. And I've said that over and over and over. Do your design and then fall back and make sure you didn't violate the National Electrical Code. And my guidance there is get someone engaged who knows the National Electrical Code because I'm telling you, I've been in this in this game 
uh, I, I've sat on, I sit on code making panel two for the last couple cycles, few cycles. I, I am now on code panel 10. I'm involved with NFPA 110 and 111. Um, I'm on NFPA 70B. And there is an interrelation between all of these documents that will that'll just get you all. I mean, you've got to understand all the different dynamics. And, and if you've not been involved with the International Association of Electrical Inspectors, it was their meetings that opened my eyes to the fact that I can look at one section of the code, but really I've got to think about another section of the code. And then how do you know how they all interrelate? And the only way that in my experience, the only way to understand that full, comprehend the full overview is to do it on a daily basis. And if you're not in that code book on a daily basis, if you're not, even, and, and if you are, and you're in it on a daily basis for a residential application, and now you're going to move to an industrial facility, totally different. I'm telling you, there's, there's requirements throughout the National Electrical Code that uh, they can be complicated. So you've got to stay on your A game. And the only way to stay on that A game is to go to these meetings, listen to the presentations. Don't just listen to the presentations. Engage with them in your mind and, and with the book. Get your book. Understand what people are saying, even though it doesn't pertain to the project you're working on right now. You got to get your head in the game when it comes to the code so that when you are working on a project, you might be able to look at a situation and say, oh my goodness, I remember there was a question that came up on this type of, a, of an application. You may not remember the details, but you may have that resource in your Rolodex now. There's, there's a term from the past. Or in your contact list from that IAEI meeting or one of those IAEI meetings, an electrical inspector or a contractor or a designer that you know is heavily engaged, and you can say, I'm going to reach out and say, hey, I'm working on this. I heard, I remember hearing something around this. Is this something, do you, can you give me some guidance? We're all in it together, and especially when it comes to electrical safety. So organizations like IAEI and IEEE, and, and if you're a NECA contractor or an IEC contractor, independent contractor, or if you are uh, an IBW guy, a labor guy that's uh, part of a, uh, of the IBEW, there's educational programs, there's resources, there's contacts. Get engaged with your industry. Don't be afraid to reach out and ask questions because sometimes the question you ask may be new to the person that you're asking and you're going to intrigue them and now you've got two people doing homework to try to figure out what the right answer is. All right, so that's my tech talk today. Hopefully you got something out of it. And um, I hope you enjoy this uh, this podcast. This is my first time I've ever podcasted. So hopefully this comes out okay. So thanks for listening. Thanks for what you do for the electrical industry and for electrical safety. And please, please be safe and healthy. Take care. God bless. <laughs>